We've been on a series of messages on the topic, Don't Limit God. And we've been talking about areas that you and I uh, sometimes need to be reminded of uh, that limit God from doing what he, he wants to do in our life. The Bible says the steps of good men, or good men and women are ordered by the Lord. And so today, let me ask this question, have you ever taken a bad step? Have you ever stepped off the curb and fell, and the first thing you did, you jumped up and looked around to see if anybody saw you? Just me. Even though we're, we're, our steps are ordered, there's times when we make mistakes, right? Even though we, we are, are ordered, our steps are ordered by the Lord, not every step uh, he takes credit for, right? You're right, right. I, I appreciate all of that support there. But as we have been studying this, this, this series, aren't you glad that uh, even there are times in our, our Christian life when we do honor God, aren't you glad he doesn't kick us out of the family? Aren't you glad he never divorces and says, you're not worth it? The Bible says he came to his own family, and his own family rejected him. He knows what rejection is all about. He knows what the heartache and sorrow that you face may be. He knows what it is to uh, be, be rejected by what he says and who he was. But he came to his own. His own didn't receive him. And so when the Jewish people refused to receive him, he opened the door to the Gentile world, and he included us. And he said, but as many as did receive him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Aren't you glad you're one of God's kids this morning? Yes. He is, is so glad that you're a part of his family. And if you're not a part of his family, his invitation is, is open today. And it's a universal call. Whosoever will may come and drink of the waters of life freely. And that includes everybody. Uh, uh, last week and the week before, we highlighted some things about the limitation that we put on God. One, one that stands out, and I want to open the message with uh, Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 7. As he, or as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And our thinking many times has limited what God wants to do in our life. I was looking through a, a book of illustrations, and one little boy was asked uh, by his Sunday school teacher, Johnny, what is thinking? Can you give the class a good definition of what thinking is? He said, teacher, it's when your mouth is shut, but your mind is still talking to you. I don't know about you. I think Johnny did pretty good. He did real well, didn't he? Our mind goes on. It thinks. It, ha it processes. Let me ask you this. Has everybody, somebody ever caught you a, a quiet moment, and they ask you this question? What are you thinking? Have you ever heard this? Oh, nothing. That's probably one of the lies I've told many times throughout this my lifetime. When people said, what are you thinking? Well, I, it was either that I didn't want to disclose what I was thinking or my, my thinking was saying it's none of their business. Pretty good message, right? Yeah. yeah, I know this is just for me. Every message that I bring is just for me. And I always pray that if it'll do good for me, it'll help somebody else. So as we turn to Habakkuk chapter 3, we're going to share... Uh, verses 17 through 19. This morning is communion day. If you're here this morning, I want to say that communion is open. You don't have to be a member of this church. If your heart is right with Jesus or if you're a believer, if you're a follower of Jesus, please don't leave without enjoying communion as, as our associate pastor Jared will be coming back to uh, uh, assist us with communion this morning. Everybody happy? Hallelujah. Part of you are we believe in equal opportunity. Those in art say a great big amen. Awesome. I know I'm at the right place. 
as I was talking to a, a gentleman about ministering to Habakkuk, he said, that sounds like some kind of tobacco, and I just want to spit. <laughs> well, it's, not, it's about one of the prophets, the old prophets. That was his name. Can't you think about the, the harassment he went through in school? Hey, Hab, <laughs> or, or worse. But we're going to reflect upon some good things that he leaves with us. And everything in the Bible today is a type and shadow of, of who we are, what we go through, and how we can act or how we can react. And I don't know about you, I've had many times I've, I've reacted, and sometimes not always in a good way. I, there's times when I've acted. I've acted, I, Lord, I, this is difficult for me, but even though I'm facing this challenge, you said you would go with me. You said you didn't say you would eliminate the bumps in the road. You didn't say you would eliminate the heartache, but you said you'd be with me always, even to the end. And what a joy it is to know that we have the comforting power of a heavenly Father who cares and understands no matter what we're going through this morning. So don't limit God. It's not about me, myself, and I. It's about the great I am. He's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Put your hands together one more time and say, thank you, Jesus, for your great provision. <laughs> Reading from the Habak chapter, chapter uh, uh, 3 of the book of Habakkuk, I wanna, I wanna, I've chosen uh, three, two scriptures, 17, 18, and 19, uh, that I want to share with you this morning. It's a hymn of faith. It's actually, and I'm going to be commenting, it's actually a testimony of, of the things that a, a prophet did when he envisioned what was about to happen. How many have ever envisioned something happening, whether it's good or bad, before it happened, and then you've seen it happen before your eyes? Just me? Okay, well, that's fair enough. Then, then I want you, I'm going to use Habakkuk this morning, not myself, as he envisioned what was about to happen and how he, how he faced it with the certainty that God was for him and not against him. And he's talking about, about the land of Israel and the, the, the calling that he has on his life. And here's what he says. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor the fruit be on the vines. Though the labor of the olive may fail. And the fields yield no fruit. Though the flock may be cut off from the fold. And there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I want you to get this. He saw the hour of calamity, and here's how he reacts to what he sees. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet, and he will make me walk on my high hills. I want to read that to you again. He's already painted the darkest picture he could paint. The labor, the, the labor of the olive tree has, has been in vain. The, uh, the, the labor that's been put into the fields is all in vain. There's no food in the field. The flocks, the sheep, the, the cattle have all diminished. And there's no herd in the stalls. So nothing, nothing is left. And yet, he says, here's my reaction. Yet. I want everybody to say yet. There are those in this building this morning, you may be in the yet season. And we all have seasons that we face this morning. Yet, I want to ask you, what will be the way that you process your yet? Listen to it. This is a pattern I want to follow. 
I haven't always followed it, but I've had some yet seasons, and, and we'll all have yet seasons as we continue the journey of life. But here's a prophet that wasn't perfect, but he kept God in the center of his attention, and his thought process manifested this fruit, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. You know the reason he could rejoice in the Lord is because he knew the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He had saw the working power of God in his life. He, had, he, he was one that had saw God show up in and, and, and the time when the world was filled with pestilence and when there was earthquakes that were causing the earth to tremble. He saw the land of Midian in its worst hour tremble because of what was fa- he was facing. He, he remembered how God had parted the Red Sea, and that was a part of the foundation that he stood on. He had saw the sun and the moon stand still as, as Gibeon was standing in the forefront proclaiming what God can do. And he, and he realized that God had brought forth the salvation of his people from Pharaoh. After years and years of being in captivity as slave, this prophet saw how God had reached in, turned the heart of the hardest king that's recorded in the book of, of, of the Bible, uh, and Pharaoh was his name, and God changed his heart and let the people go free. Habakkuk has all of this in his memory bank, and we all have memory banks today. Isn't it amazing sometimes what, how flashcards show up in all of our lives? Sometimes it's something that's, that parallels where we've been, something that reminds us of where we've been and what we've done. It was in that yet season, that yet season. And can I tell you today, one little boy in the Sunday school class says, you know, he said, uh, I can tell you what thinking is. It's just like in life and death. You're going to do it one time or another. And I said this a few Sundays ago. We have visitors in the crowd, and, and there are people that think before act, they act. There are, are th- people that think when they act. And then this crew isn't here yet, but there's people that never think. I've been a part of both, so don't feel guilty about it this morning. I'm just stating some facts, and, and I want you to be real comfortable this morning because we don't come to God's house to be condemned. When Jesus died on the cross between two thieves, he paid the price for our guilt and shame, and the word is recorded, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. But for what the flesh could not do and that it was weak, what the law could not do and it was weak, God bridged the gap by sending his son, Jesus, to die on the cross for our sins. So today, aren't you glad that you can be free? Everybody take a deep breath this morning. Isn't that great? Take one more. It's, a, it's on you today. Take another deep breath. The prophet Habakkuk sees in this vision, in vision of the Babylonian army. He sees 70 years of Babylonian captivity. He sees the total, total and complete devastation of the land of Judah. He sees the time when there was no more figs hanging on the tree, no more fruit, no more crops in the field, no flock, no, no, nothing was left, no more finances. But in the midst of despair, listen to me. It was in his midst of despair. It wasn't while he was doing good and everybody was doing bad. In the midst of his despair, Habakkuk found a multitude of delight. I can tell you something today. There's things in our, 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 our ability to think that are nothing but awesome, awesome, awesome things to think about. 
I think about the holiday season. We've got part of our family here. It's an awesome day. It's a celebration. I hear this quite often. Papa, you remember when? And sometimes their remember is better than mine. But it's an awesome season. It's a holiday season. And we need to enjoy the freedom of the holiday season because we live in America. But in the, in the midst of a moment of despair, Habakkuk found the multitude of strength of God's word and memory about what he had done. Thus, instead of a heart racing, his heart was resting. Instead of being filled with fear, he was filled with faith. Instead of feeling like a victim, he felt like a victor. This is the reason we need to hide God's word in our heart because uh, the Bible says we are more than conquerors. No matter how many times we fail, no matter how many times we've allowed fear to grip our heart over a, a moment of despair, we are more than conquerors. We don't have to stay there. Failure is never failure until you fail to stand up and go again. That's a weak amen, but I'll take the three that said amen. If you haven't, if you haven't witnessed failure in some form or fashion, whether it's financially, spiritually, or physically, if you've never failed as a parent, then I, I, I'm not a bearer of bad news. One day, one day, there will be a stamp go over something we all do, and the world la la labels it failure. Listen, God's word labels you as more than a conqueror. In all things, he said, see yourself by what I see, not what the world sees. And as we, uh, as, as we process this this morning, as we process what we are to do, if, when we do it wrong, it doesn't change God's mind about us. It just limits what he can do for us. Because when, we, when God lays his word out, it's a lamp unto our feet, it's a light to our pathway. In the darkest hours, God is speaking. And God can help us if our... Our hearing is not open to what he has to say. And it's important. I want to challenge you this morning. Always get God's vote in what you're about to do. It's better to get his vote before. However, some of us wait till it's after, and then we moan and groan, and we repent, and we try to make things right. Listen, it's a whole lot better to listen before you make that decision. And everybody said, amen. 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 Moving on with the message. As our society faces a moral crisis this morning, our racial problems and our economical problems and our political unrest, the believer must learn to trust the Lord and rest in God. The reason I can do this is because the Bible says to. Proverbs 3, chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean your own understanding. But all your ways acknowledge the Lord, and he'll direct your path. You know, some of the greatest direction I've ever had from the Lord is when I lay down at, uh, my head on my pillow at night, and my mind keeps going, and it keeps processing. And sometimes I just have to say in my spirit, mind, you're shutting off whether you're, you want to or not. Sometimes I do it with the Scripture. Do you know Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12? Could, could I have that on the, on the overhead, guys? Do you know what the Word of God, it's not just a, so many people look at the Bible as just a group of, a bunch of instruction. We're getting there. But listen to me, God's Word is alive. The Bible says it's quick, it's powerful, it's sharper than a two-edged sword. When do you need the Word of God? When the enemy is trying to kill, steal, or destroy your life. Well, I guess we're not going there, but that's okay. Just a moment, they're saying this, just... Uh, all right, all right. 
here's, here's the reason I want you to know where this is at, because if you're in your yet this, uh, moments of life, you need to know where to go. Don't be lost. Your Bible has a concordance. Your Bible has an index. And in, if you're in your yet moment, you need to know that the Word of God is your best weapon because your circumstance is only 10% of your life and 90% of what, uh, how you react or act is the remaining part of your yet season. So I want you to process this this morning. This is not a shouting moment. This is just a teaching moment. 10% of what happens to you is based on 10% of your life is based on what happens to you. 90% is how you react in your yet season. And we all have played the blaming game. But how many times have you sat down and got real quiet and you've heard this, it's not my brother nor my sister, oh Lord, but it's me standing in the need of prayer. I want you to look at this. The word of God is alive. This Bible is living proof. What, what happened to this prophet? Yet, in his yet moment, he remembered the goodness of God. Yet, in his moment, he remembered the strength of God. If God could part the waters of the Red Sea, do you think he could handle your problems? Let me ask you this. If God could speak to the hardest heart and change Pharaoh's mind so he could heed what Moses said, let my people go. And Pharaoh said, I'll never, ever, ever do it. But he did. We need to add that, but he did, but he will, but he will. And it's not sometimes parallel to the season we're living today. We live in a microwave season. Rather than thumb through the Bible, rather than spend time, was, was Habakkuk in the Old or New Testament? Was he, is Hebrews in the New or Old Testament? We could just push a button and look. It's microwave. But let me tell you something. It's work to get it from here to here. I'm living proof. I'm living proof. And this is how serious it is to me. I, everybody has been taught through driver's head that you need to focus. You need to give your whole attention to, to your driving. And then you marry somebody who's a driver's head uh, a student, and she reminds you of what you, what you studied to be. And when you err from the speed limit or you run off the side of the road, you know, you've got that little reminder sitting beside you. She's trying to help you. Well, listen to me. The Word of God is so important to me that I make sticky notes to remind me near, nearly every time I make a trip. And I just stick it on the button of my steering wheel. And guess what? Even though I can look through the bifogals, my wife thinks I'm looking through the windshield. What am I doing? I want, it, I, want, I want the word to be fresh. I want it to be renewed because it's quick, it's powerful, it's sharper than a two-edged sword. And when the enemy comes in, the Bible says, like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord is there to raise up a standard against him. Yes. However, there's two worlds. The enemy wants you to... The enemy wants you to say, if I, didn't have any, if I didn't have bad luck, I wouldn't have any luck at all. Show me that word in the Bible. Have you ever heard this? Well, God only helps those that help themselves. God didn't say that. Abraham did. Not Abraham in the Bible. It was one of our former presidents. I might be wrong on the president. <laughs> I need to do a little more history work there. Uh, but in our journey of life, in our yet moments, in our yet moments, these are moments when the enemy wants to say, you know, God may have done it for them. He won't do it for you. 
And many times, we, even as believers, buy into the truth. When the Bible says buy, we buy into a lie that comes from the enemy, when the Word says buy the truth and sell it not. And how do we buy the truth and sell it not? That's when we study God's Word, and then we take what's on the pages of God's Word and apply it to our heart. That's buying the Word of truth. And as we live this life on, on earth, it, there are many things that remind us of the goodness of God. And I was, I was looking, to, as, as the message was being prepared this, this week, uh, an illustration came forth that one night a, a house caught fire. And uh, it, was, it forced the family to flee. But it all, everybody except the little fellow up in the, in the upstairs got out of the house. But he was, managed to find a, roof, a hole in the roof, and he climbed out on the roof. And he was very hysterical. His dad, his mom was out on, in, a, in the yard, and they knew he, he was in life was in danger and and his dad got as close as he could to him he says jump son jump I'll catch you and, and he said you've got to jump to save your life and the boy says dad I can hear your voice but I can only see the flame and the smoke and the dad says son jump I'm going to catch you and sometimes in our yet moments all we can see is the flame and the smoke all we can see is the what ifs in our yet season. But God wants you to know that we have a heavenly Father beyond the smoke, beyond the, the cares of life, beyond every wind that's contrary to the way we're living. He wants you to know that his arms are all, always outstretched and he wants you to hear the voice from heaven even though you can only see the fire and the smoke. We're moved so many times of, with all of our five senses and I'm so thankful for our five senses. But you have something as valuable as any of your five senses. I wouldn't want to lose my, my eyesight for anything in the world. I, I wouldn't want to lose my taste buds. I wouldn't want to lose the ability to feel. Uh, uh, and and I, I just enjoy them all. And, uh, but, but, you know, I would not trade in the, the, the voice of God for anything. Some of the most dedicated Christians... I have ever met couldn't see me but after one time they could recognize my voice there's a lady in our nursing home today the first time I met her she said I'm so glad you came to see me pastor and and she's blind and she said I'm so glad uh, you came to see me today I just feel so privileged that you would come and see me and the next Next time, she, I, she was in the hospital, and I was walking down the hallway and didn't realize she was there, and I, I was saying hello to some. As I went by her door, she said, Pastor. And I stopped, and I recognized her voice, and I stepped into her room. She said, I heard your voice as you walked the high, down the uh, hallway, and I wanted to say hi. In our yet moments, it's a time when God wants to stir our heart. He wants us to become grateful. I'm grateful. I'm grateful I have a family this morning. My family's not perfect, but they're great in my eyes because I had a small part in bringing them into this world. But my greatest event that ever happened in my life is when Jesus moved in and he forgave me of my, the load of sins and he placed within me the power of the Holy Spirit and enabled me to take God's word. And he gives me the ability to apply it every day. And in Psalms 91, we're living in such a trial time this morning. Immigration is a big issue. We don't want the people that don't know how to keep the law. We don't, coming into our country, we don't want criminals into our country. Every time I think about this, I think about Psalms 91. That's, you'll not be 
You'll not be tormented by the terror by night, nor for the air that flieth by day. No weapon formed you shall prosper, because I'm abiding under the shadow of the Almighty. And I can process that each day of my life and know whom I have believed and be fully persuaded that in my yet moments, he's on the throne and he still hears my prayer. In a time of trial, we may not be able to see the Lord, but the Lord can still see us. In our time of tragedy, we may not be able to see the Lord, but he can still see us. In our time of turmoil, we may not be able to see the Lord, but he can still see us, and that's really all that matters. The psalmist declared in Psalms 121, chapter 4, Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. God never takes a day off. He doesn't take a night off. He's on call 24-7. He's always working. And we may not always see what he's doing, but we don't always, and when we don't always see what he's doing, we can be assured that his word is working for us. I'd like to, the next five minutes, I'd like to highlight some things that I see in the prophet's life. I see, I see Habakkuk's anticipation. Let me ask you this question. What anticipation did you bring to the Lord's house this morning? Are you anticipating uh, some things that aren't really a blessing to your life today? Are you anticipating a great excitement as the 4th of July comes and goes? Are you excited about the things that you're expecting to happen? Or is there a, a, a seed of fear that's w- working on you and your anticipation is not good if it bears fruit? Habakkuk mentions the basic ingredients of life for the Jewish people. Figs, vines, olives, fields, flocks, herds, and so goes the list. This caused him to tremble in verse 16 when he looked to himself for answers. Aren't you glad we don't have to answer all the problems and the, the questions of life today? In the prophet's eye, he re- records it so we can read it. He saw chaos, crisis, and crash in the verses that we, I read to you. He looked on the horizons and saw drought, devastation, and destruction. Maybe you're in a, a, a season of drought in your own life. Maybe there's no excitement in your life this morning. Maybe it's just a dry season even spiritually for you as a Christian. Or maybe you're going through an hour of devastation. Maybe something's happened dramatically. Maybe you've had a, a bad report from the doctor. Or maybe the, your financial world isn't coming into fruition like you want it to. Or maybe there's an hour of destruction you just see coming your way and there's nothing you can do within yourself. Remember the economy of Judah at this time was based almost exclusively on agriculture, livestock. Agriculture could be divided into permanent crops, the fruit trees, the olive trees, the grapevines, annual crops like wheat, barley. Neither the permanent nor the annual crops are going to yield anything in the eyes of this prophet. The two final items are the flocks and the cattle. Boy, when that's gone within yourself, it's over. The livestock are dead. We have proof of what's happened. Just like we did when the fires came across the northwest part of this part of the country not too many weeks ago. We saw devastation on every hand. But look, he sees a time when God has withheld his hand 
and a blessing over Israel's life because of their disobedience. Habakkuk's situation is worse than anything we can imagine in our country today. Habakkuk could not rejoice in the anticipation of his circumstances. If you're trying today, let me encourage you. You can't do it looking at your circumstances. Number two, the prophet's affirmation. Notice what happens. Habakkuk says, even though this, when the simplest signs of God, favor is absent, even, when he would still re, even then he would still rejoice in the Lord. He rejoiced literally, literally, this is what it means. He meant when he rejoiced in the Lord, he jumped around, he skipped around, and he said hallelujah and amen. He literally exposed his rejoicing with his action, not with his feelings. Habakkuk may not have been able to understand God's way, just like you and I are perplexed with the ways that come our way. But he could stand on God's word, and he may not have been able to trace God's plan, but he could trust God's providence. And it led him to triumphing with God's praise. When we raise our hands in praise and worship, some of the songs are brand new. I was raised up with the old hymnals. I was raised up in southern gospel music. I traveled about eight years with, in go southern gospel music. But you know what? Even though this is a new day and even though the, it's a new, new, new type of music, you know, it doesn't stop me from rejoicing in the Lord. And those hymns, you know, nothing but the blood of Jesus, man, that came alive in me today. I, I read that off the pages of but then we come to a song, and I'm lost. I can tell you something. I may be lost by what I know about the Word, but I'm not lost because I fail to know what Jesus can do. And in those hours when I don't understand it all, it doesn't have the ability to take my rejoicing. And you know what I do? I re by when I raise my hands, I'm, re I'm releasing all frustration. I'm releasing all control. I'm releasing my spirit to the Lord, and I'm rejoicing because he's Lord. I'm not. You better be glad I'm not. <laughs> my wife has given me this. She's glad I'm not either. Listen, you can always rejoice in the Lord. And I want you to get this. You can always rejoice in the Lord when you can't rejoice in the land. Did you get that? You, I'm not here to tell you you need to rejoice because of bad circumstances. You can rejoice because he's still the king of kings and the Lord of lords. That's the reason we sing and shout and dance about. That's the reason we rejoice because he's still the king of kings. We have a, the one who's a great I am. We have one who sent his son to the Calvary to die on the cross for our sins. He's still the great I am. Jesus came to this world, took upon himself the form of flesh, Spent 30 years preparing for a three-year ministry. Died on the cross between two thieves. Took him to a barred grave. Three days, bang, he's out of the grave to show himself alive through many infallible proofs. I rejoice. I can, I can get happy and I can sing and shout and dance about because the grave couldn't hold my heavenly father. And that's what it's all about, folks. It's not about singing Amazing Grace, even though I love to sing Amazing Grace. It's all about whether I'm going to rejoice, no matter whether it's Amazing Grace or not too much of a grace. It doesn't change the Lord. Are you with me, Bill? A little wild, for, but I'm telling you, I, I can get wild about him. 
I see, I see the world and what they get wild about. I see the world get wild about the, world, the, the kingdom of the world today. Did you know? I'm not going to go there. I don't have time to meddle. Back to the, back to the notes. Back to the notes. Habakkuk is not panicking. Have you ever been around anybody that panicked? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Moving on, I've, I had a thought, but I don't have time to share that. And the note of determination is in rejoicing. I will. I will. In my hour of yet. Yet, I will rejoice. He chose to rejoice. It was a matter of his will. I'm convinced that life is 10% again of what happens to us and 90% of how I react or you react to it. You have to make the choice. Joshua said one day, you choose whether you're going to serve the God of this world or the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But as far as me and my house, we're going to, we made a choice. We're going to serve the Lord. And we all have that choice to make. Notice this. Notice the domain of his rejoicing. I will rejoice where? The domain is in the Lord. The territory is in the, I will rejoice in the Lord. He wasn't rejoicing because of the, the crop failure. He was rejoicing because it hadn't changed his perimeter. He hadn't changed the place where he lived. He lived in the presence of the Lord. He knew the provision that God had made. And the matter of his will chose, I'm going to stand here. I'm going to continue to believe that the one that I've trusted in never fails. Many people today are rejoicing in their homes, their cars, their lifestyle. However, when they're gone, what happens to their rejoicing? When it's all gone, Habakkuk's God never went anywhere. A despairing man confessed to his pastor, my life is really in bad shape. And the pastor said, how bad is it? And the man burying his head, he moaned, I'll tell you how bad it is, pastor. All I've got left is God. pastor's face lit up he said I'm happy to assure you that a person with nothing left but God has more than enough to shout for great victory things might get bad in life but things do not affect my salvation with the Lord my salvation doesn't depend on things going well Salvation rests in the sole grace and power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Third, the prophet's assurance. Remember that old song we used to sing, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine? Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Why is it that Habakkuk was determined to rejoice in God, the God of his salvation? Number one, he knew God's grace was sufficient. People today seek strength in various ways, some in financial security, others in pills and drugs. Others is in pleasure. However, these will always fail, but God never fails. When problems come, the solution is knowing where to turn. There's no problem too great but for the power of God, and no problem is too little for God to be concerned. One day a little boy was 
attempting to turn over a, a big stone. And his father wa- watched the little guy was trying to move a stone bigger than his own body. And he was straining and heaving. And he just couldn't move the rock. And his dad asked him with a smile, son, are you using all your strength? And the little guy said, yes, dad, I'm using all my strength. And he said, no, you're not. The little boy looked at him. He said, his dad says, you're not asking me to help you. I'm your father, and my strength is your strength. Processing our yet seasons. Habakkuk had sufficient security. Notice this scripture is recorded in the word. He makes my feet like hind's feet. The hind is a female deer, and the heart is a male or a buck. The hind's home is high in the mountains. They, the rear feet of a hind steps precisely in the same spot where the front feet had just been. Every motion of the hind is followed through a single focus consistently, making it the most sure-footed of all mountain animals. Female deer can place her hind or back feet exactly where her front feet just left for the next step. Do you think we serve a God who cares? If he can give creativity to a female deer, how much more does he want to do for you and me? Think about that deer as as, as she's doing everything she can to get it to the top of the mountain. And to think that inside she has the ability when her front feet sink in to the side of the cliff or the mountain, her, the next step she makes, those hind feet go right in the print of where her front feet have left. I close with this thought this morning, and I want you to stand. Jared will be coming to uh, lead us in our communion this morning. A little boy was praying one day, God, please take care of yourself because if anything happens to you, we're in a world of trouble. I want to I close with this. Bill Gaither wrote the words of this song quite a while ago, over 50 years ago in his life when he and Gloria were about to have a child. Gloria was so overwhelmed with what this world had to offer and the little child that they were bringing into this world. She was so concerned about the baby's future and then the words came that filled her with hope and peace. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know, I know, I know who holds the future and life is worth living because he lives. Father, thank you for the word today. It's a lamp unto our feet and it's a light to our pathway. Thank you this morning as we prepare for communion that we can take a moment this morning. And for those that are in their yet season today, may this message give hope and courage to their life. And Lord, this morning as we prepare for, uh, for our time together, as we partake of communion, 
Father, I pray every heart in life would be reminded of the goodness of God and your mercy that endures forever. And today, may we be encouraged today, not by what we're going through, but may we be encouraged by what your word has to say to us. And we give all the praise to you this morning in Jesus' name.